Thank you for checking out the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe that no matter where you have come from or what you have come out of, today can be a life-changing day. Church should not be an obligation to endure each week, but rather a place to look forward to, a place where we can come together in community to grow in our lives. So join us today as we expect something good from our amazing God. How are we doing this morning? So glad you're with us. Everybody online, we're so glad that you're joining us this morning. Entering into week two of Entwine. Did you get anything out of last week? Okay, so someone over here. What about the rest of you? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh. You know, I think I'm coming to a point where I love this time of year. And I think I'm coming to the point that I love this time of year because it comes right after 21 days of prayer and fasting, and God wrecks me, right? And uh, what's interesting is as I've been thinking about this series, the Entwine series, everywhere I go in my Bible, I'm seeing community. And I'm seeing it in places that I never thought I would see it before. And this morning, I'm going to share one of those places where I saw community that I never saw community before. So I want you to open your Bible this morning to Luke chapter 8. We're going to be going through verses uh, 22 through 27. Luke 8, 22 through 27. And I'm going to put it up on the sky bowl so everybody has it up behind me as well if you didn't bring your Bible. I'm also going to encourage you today that uh, if you're not a Bible writer, and what I mean by that, somebody who writes in your Bible, you should be. Um, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give you some key phrases that I'm gonna ask you to underline today, just so that you have them. And uh, you know, you don't have to, but if you are a person who writes in your Bible and underlines in your Bible, I'm just gonna challenge you to come on the journey with me and underline some things. But eight, Luke eight twenty two through twenty seven says, now it happened on a certain day that he, Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake, and they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were, fi- they were filling with water, the boat was filling with water, and, and were in jeopardy. And they came to him, the disciples came to him, and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is is opposite of Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land there, There met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time, and he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. I know you're going, okay, Pastor, that's a weird way to end. But the rest of the story is this man, actually, who was possessed with many demons, gets delivered and set free. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of community. God, we are so blessed that you bring us together every week, that that we get to 
draw strength and learn from each other. And Father, I thank you for your word. And it's incredible ability to change us. I pray, Father, this morning that our hearts and our minds are open and ready to receive. And God, I just, I just thank you and I worship you for this time that we have together. In Jesus' name, amen. As I was preparing for today, I found myself thinking about uh, just the incredible experiences that I've had with God in my life. And um, I've seen some pretty incredible things. Uh, had some pretty incredible experiences. Um, there was one time, uh, years and years ago, I was with a, a group of people from church, and um, we had actually taken a trip together, and we were in this meeting. And... Um, in this meeting, uh, probably saw one of the most profound, what I would call a, a move of God in my life. And um, we, were, we were in this meeting, and the presence of God became so thick in this meeting that from one side of this auditorium to the other, there's about a 1,000 people in this auditorium, and there was about 10 of us that were all together. And um, literally from the left to the right side of the auditorium, people started slipping out of their seats onto their knees. And what happened was the presence of God became so thick that everybody was just drawn into repentance because his holiness became so real to us in that moment that the only thing that we could do was get on our face before God. And it was an amazing time. And, And it seemed to me like I had been on my face for just a couple of minutes and It was like 25 minutes I had been on my face before the Lord, and I remember looking up, and actually, Pastor Steve Hunt was with me at the time, and I remember looking up, and uh, I had been on my knees on my face before the Lord, and and I look up, and there's Steve. We're both looking eye to eye on our hands and knees before the Lord, and we've both been crying because just so convicted by the presence of God, and we both had tears and snot running down our face. And I'll never forget the look on his face when I looked up. And I looked at him and he looked at me and we both just started laughing. Because in that moment, it was just, we were just lost in it. It was just incredible. I remember one of the first God experiences I ever had, I actually had as a Catholic youth. Um, I actually sat on the uh, state youth board for the Catholic Church here in the state of Idaho. And uh, there was a tradition that every year at the end of summer camp, that the last night, all the youth leaders, there was... There was about 10 of us from across the state. We would sneak out the last night and just hang out together. And this particular night, we snuck out, and um, we're hanging out together, and uh, this incredible storm comes up. And we're in this, this old lodge, and we've got a fire in the fireplace, and it's storming like crazy, and flames literally start leaping out of the fireplace. All right? And we, in that moment, are thinking, we are dead. We snuck out. We're about to burn this lodge down. But all in unison, we all cried out at once, Jesus! And in an instant, the storm ceased. The flames, it's like somebody sucked the flames out of the fireplace. It was gone. And it just went silent. And we remember just sitting there just in awe of what God had done. And that's just two of the stories that I can share about 
God being God in a way that I've never encountered on my own. And as I read this story here in Luke, this is the first thing that jumped off the page to me. Is that the disciples got into a boat with Jesus to go to the other side. And together, they have an encounter with Jesus that they would have never had on their own. And and this isn't even in my notes, but I really believe that one of the reasons that God calls us into community is because he can do things in our midst corporately that he can't do in our midst individually. When I think about the times that I've seen the power of God demonstrated in manifestation in the greatest measures, when I've seen the most people's lives in a moment instantaneously changed. It's never happened just me and Jesus. It's always happened me with a group of people with Jesus. And I believe that God calls us corporately into community so that he can manifest his presence in ways that he cannot do singularly. And so that's the first thing I want you to see this morning. And that's a bonus because that was not in my notes. But starting in Luke 8, Uh, verse 22, it says, now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples. I love this. Jesus is the one that brought his disciples together. Can I tell you, the disciples did not bring themselves together. They didn't bring themselves together. And this is such a ragtag group of people I mean, you know, we, we, I think so many times we like spiritualize everything in the Bible, right? Can I just tell you, this is not a very spiritual thing here, okay? We had, first of all, a bunch of fishermen. When I say a bunch of fishermen, I mean like uh, Andrew, Peter, James, and John. We got four fishermen, right? So four of the 12 are fishermen. Anybody hung around fishermen much? My dad was a fisherman. Not the most refined guy in the world, right? And if you ever watched Deadliest Catch or any of those shows like that, those guys are real refined and proper, aren't they? Do you think that much has changed over thousands of years? No, I think fishermen have always had a little bit of an air of improper properness to them, right? So Jesus first calls these, these four fishermen together, right? But of those four, do you realize that two of those guys are actually business owners, so we got four fishermen, we got two business owners, and then on top of that, we have a tax collector. We, yeah, the IRS. Yeah, let's bring it forward. So think about it. You're a fisherman, and then the guy that's ripping you off gets called to hang out with you by Jesus. That's what Matthew was. Do you think any of those guys wanted Matthew around? How many of you want to invite the IRS agent that's auditing you out to dinner and to be your friend? That's what Matthew was. And then you have Simon. Simon was a zealot. In other words, he wanted to overthrow the Roman government. You have got a political dissident, a guy who wants to cause trouble everywhere he goes, who's always picking a fight and fighting against the authorities that have been set over them. Great. We got some fishermen, we got a couple of business guys, we got a tax collector, and now we got a guy who causes trouble everywhere he goes. And then you add to that, 
a thief and a betrayer, a guy named Judas. And, and Jesus picked him. And then you've got Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Thaddeus, and James, the son of Alphaeus, that really we don't know much about. We got five nobodies. Right? What this, this, this incredible group that Jesus brings together kind of reminds us of us. Right? I don't think there's any IRS agents here. But you know what? God brings diverse groups of people together. Jesus brings this most incredible, diverse group of people, different backgrounds, different skill sets, different abilities, and he brings them all together. And if you read the Gospels, these 12 guys did not always get along. There was fighting, there was bickering, there was positioning, right? Hey, Jesus, do we get to sit at your right hand? Us, too. Not those ten, us, too. Right? And Peter, right? Peter stole the show a lot. It's crazy. And yet, we get this picture that everybody that we're in relationship with in church Oh, we're just, it's just a perfect, it's just a perfect love affair. Can I just tell you, just because you don't like somebody, it doesn't mean you're not called to do life with them. See, Jesus brought people together. I can guarantee you some of these guys did not like each other, but Jesus called them together to do life together. And you might look across the aisles of this church and go, oh, I don't like that person. Tough, you're called to do life with them. Kind of make a little quiet in here. See, we're not always going to get along with the people that we're drawn into community with. But maybe we're not drawn into community to always get along. Maybe we're called into community for a higher purpose than us. Mm, here I go. Can I tell you that there's a problem in the American church? And this is the problem. Church is all about me. Can I tell you, Jesus didn't bring the 12 disciples together for them. He brought them together for someone else. We haven't been brought together as a community for, for me or for you or for us. We've been brought together in a community for other people. See, you might, you might be called to this church and you don't know why. If that's you, can I tell you, the reason why you're in this church isn't for you, it's for somebody else. And too many times we think, especially in the American church, the church is all about me. Can I tell you, church isn't all about you. Church isn't all about me. It's about us and him and what he wants to do in you and us and through us. See, Jesus brought the disciples together for his purpose, not their purpose. It's funny, you look at the 12, and they would have never, these 12 would have never come into community together. They never would have. And I look around this room, and uh, I, I look at you, I, I would have never come into community with some of you. It just wouldn't happen. I mean, like, this week, I had lunch with Glenn this week. We spent three hours together. It seemed like it was two minutes just talking. Can I, can I just tell you, Glenn's retired. 
He's in a different phase of life than I am. And you know what? Glenn and I's paths, because of what he did for a career and what I do, we probably would have never, never connected, except for this place. But man, it was a great conversation. I walked away going, man, I really learned some stuff today. And I felt really encouraged. And I think he did the same. But you know what? I'd have never picked him out of a crowd to go have lunch together, especially Thai food. I would have never picked him. But Jesus did. See, you look, seriously, look to the person on your left and your right. Look there and look somewhere else. Look behind you. The odds are that you would have picked them to be in relationship together. The odds that your worlds would come together just doesn't exist. But Jesus saw fit to say, you know what? You guys belong together. So I'm going to bring you together in community. And that's exactly what he did with the disciples. I love this. It goes on, and, and, and you, can, you can underline these. The first thing I would encourage you to underline is with his disciples because he drew the disciples together. The second thing that I see there is the phrase, is this phrase. It says, it says uh, now it happened on a certain day. It happened on a certain day. Can I just tell you that, that we serve the God of a certain day? We serve a God that says, you know what, I have an appointed time. See, he brought the disciples together for an appointed time, and he's brought this body of believers together for an appointed time. This is our uh, on a certain day. Right now, us living, us doing community together, us being drawn together, we have been assembled for this specific time. Can I tell you, there's been a lot of times I wished I lived in a different generation, and I wished I lived in a different time. Anybody ever been there? That man, like, I am technologically challenged. I don't like technology that much. Okay? I have learned to adapt. I force myself to use it. But I, you know what? I actually, this year, I went out and I bought a calendar, a paper calendar, a great big thick thing that has every week listed in it with pages for me to write in because though I use this, I don't like it, right? So I might have been better born a little bit earlier, but I wasn't born a little bit earlier. I wasn't brought to Boise, Idaho a little bit earlier. I wasn't drawn to pastor a little bit earlier. God drew me at a specific time. You are in this church today because God has drawn you to this place for a specific time. We are called to be together. He has done it, not us. He has brought us together in this time. You're not here by accident. He assembled all of us on purpose in this time. And then I love this phrase. He says this. He says, now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with the disciples and he said to them, let us cross over. Jesus drew them and Jesus draws us for a specific purpose. Okay? Our purpose isn't to cross over to the other side of the lake. 
But you know what? Our purpose is to cross over some things. He's got some things for us to cross over. And we're to cross over those things together. Amen? See, Jesus has a destiny for this church and this group of people. This community. He has a crossing over for us. He has a destination for us. He has a place that he is taking us, that he's leading us, that he is telling us, get in the boat and row together because I'm going to take you some places. See, what I see when I look at us as a body, as a community, I see a... get emotional all through the prayer and fasting. (sighs) But what I see is I see a group of people, a family, a community that God has pulled together that is so diverse and so unique that there's not anyone that could walk into this place and not find someone. I mean, I just look at this section. I mean, you know, we we got a we have an awesome young adult with. Sorry, I just gotta be me today. We have an awesome young adult that has a heart of compassion so big that loves people so deeply that she'd lay her life down for people. It's an amazing thing. We have a, a teenager, right, that loves Jesus with all her heart It doesn't have it all figured out yet and keeps hoping it'll all figure out, but has determined that no matter what happens, she's going to hold on to Jesus. We have a single dad that is so strong that he lends his strength to other people. And you don't even know the depth of that sits right here before you. And you don't know the challenges and the things he's had to overcome and what God has done in him. And then we have a couple of brilliant people. So learned and so rich in wisdom and love and compassion with the desire for community and perfect people that you, 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 you don't know unless you spend time with them and you just are graced with the richness of who they are. And then we got a prayer warrior. Someone who intercedes that you don't know who she is praying and who she's interceding for and the hours that she spends. You just look at her and say, oh, it's just a, you know, she's a simple retired woman no no someone who's powerful and strong and contends for the things of God for the people of this community and then we have a man who his whole heart he told me this when we did the breaking bread he said I just desire to serve and be a blessing And if you've been around this man and you've been in his home, 
You know that. You know that. And you know that no matter what obstacle is in his way and what is going on in his life, he still will open up his home to you, even though somebody should be opening up their home to him. Because that's the man that he is. It's incredible. We have this young couple right here. Not married very long. And in that short time, overcome incredible battles and difficulty that many of you don't even know. And through it all, a heart of love for others that even in their struggle, trying to find ways to minister, encourage, and lend their strength to other people. And to lend their strength to their pastor. And then we have this amazing woman. And she's shaking her head. <laughs> Such a sweet, gentle spirit on her. You get a Gina hug, you know you've been hugged by somebody that cares about you and loves you. A woman who has at times felt so all alone. But even in her feeling alone, loved on others. Amazing. And then we got this crazy guy from California. <laughs> right? That from the time he hit this door has been an encourager to everybody that he encounters. It just flows out of him. And you know what? It hasn't been an easy transition. And literally, this is a guy that honestly felt, we're supposed to move to Idaho. He didn't move to Idaho because of convenient. He moved because he felt like God was in it. A guy that wants to follow God with all his heart. It's just incredible. And this is just one little section. And see, I have the privilege because I, I get to know some of the stories. And we could go on all morning. But you look at it, and it's just, I stand amazed of just the diversity that God has brought together, even in one little section. There's not a single person in that section right there that are all alike. They're all so radically different. The thing they have in common, it's Jesus. And that Jesus drew them together. And it's because he has drawn us together like this that I even say that, that he handpicked on purpose for all of us. You know, we, we're calling this series Entwined because it's when we all come together that we draw our strength off of each other. And all of us, no matter who we are, we have something to give and to contribute. And it's amazing when we come together. See, he's drawn us together for the purposes that he has planned. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says this. It says, as each one has received a gift, an ability, a talent, a wisdom, an insight, minister it to one another. And then listen to this piece. 
as good stewards of the manifest grace of God. See, Jesus assembled us together because we all have something to give to one another. And if we're good stewards of God's manifest grace, we give it to each other. We give it to each other. And it's in doing that that really we become the community that he's called us to be. See, I am more convinced at this point in my life than any other time before that God calls us into community not for us, but for those around us. God called Glenn into community to encourage me. And he did it. Most people don't realize that Mondays can be a difficult day for pastors. It used to be a really bad day for me. I was always bummed out on Monday. Right? Because I had expectations up here, and when that didn't get met, I would be bummed out. I've gotten a lot better about that. But I go to lunch with Glenn, and I just walked away just feeling like I could destroy the world, man. Watch out. I, I could take on anything just because of our conversation together. Right? God put him in the body. He doesn't know it to be an encourager to me because sometimes I need to be encouraged. Maybe the person you're sitting next to, you're there because they need what is in you. We have got to change our perspective. The church is all about us. Really, it's about everybody else we come together with. And we need to really minister the gifts that God's given us to each other. Because you know what? There's times... You know what? Somebody just needs a hug. There's a time that somebody needs a phone call. You know what? I'm thinking about you. I'm concerned about you. What's going on? There's times that somebody needs a lunch date. And you know what? And there's times that, that somebody even needs a little bit of a challenge. There's times when somebody needs your strength. So we're not in it just for us. Jesus brought the disciples together because he knew they'd be good for each other. And then I love it. The story goes on. And in, in verse 23, it says, But as they sailed, he fell asleep. Jesus, you know, calm, cool, and collected in every situation. And a windstorm came down on the lake. You know, it's funny. It's like Jesus wasn't, Jesus was so concerned about the storm that was coming that he knew was coming. He took a nap, you know. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. I love that. They were in jeopardy. You know what? There's going to be trials. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be things that we're going to encounter on a journey in community. And all of it's going to be good. There's going to be a few storms. Not everything's going to go smooth. We're going to have times where we even struggle with each other. Amen? Or we'll struggle with the neighbors. It's true. But you know what? I love this. 
a difficult time came upon the disciples and they didn't jump out of the boat. Instead, they came together and said, you know what, let's go to the one who can take care of all of it, Jesus. One of the biggest mistakes people make in the midst of difficulty is they jump out of the boat. I can go it alone. You know what? God didn't call you to go it alone. He put you in the boat that you're in on a purpose because he's taking that boat someplace, and you need to be in that boat when the boat arrives where it's going. So just because difficulty comes doesn't mean that you jump out of the boat. Can I tell I don't know who this is for. Every time there's a difficulty in your job, you feel like you need to change boats. I don't know who this is for. Stay in the boat. The next time difficulty comes, stay in the boat. Don't jump boat. Don't jump ship. You need to stay in the boat. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. You know what? You're to stay in the boat in the difficult season to stir up love and good works. We're to be stirring ourselves up. You know, this morning it happened. You all weren't here this morning when we were praying at 9.15. And Izzy was very vulnerable from the platform this morning saying, I didn't really feel like being here. I didn't really feel like being on stage. I really didn't feel like worshiping today. And you know what? She was having a hard time. But you know what I saw during prayer, pre-service prayer this morning? A group of people came around her and just started praying with her and loving on her. I wonder how many other people could use some prayer and some loving. I wonder who in the room today could use some prayer, some people to surround them. See, in times of difficulty, that's what we're called to do. We're called to come around each other and stir up love and good works. Stir each other up. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it. Not forsaking and assembling of ourselves together. So many people, when it gets rough, they want to go do it all by themselves. I'm telling you, it's the, it's, the, it's, it's the plan of the enemy. You know, my previous pastor that I served for over 20 years, he used to always talk about, you know, if you watch the Animal Kingdom, right? You remember... Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, what? No, 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 no. Um, the Wild Kingdom. What was that? Merlin Perkins. Thank you, Kenny. Always there to serve. Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Now, a lot of you are too old, too young for that, right? But go Google it, YouTube it. You'll see what I'm talking about. But... You know, when, uh, when you're being hunted by an enemy and you're a wild animal, that enemy tries to isolate you from the rest of the herd. And it's the one that's isolated from the herd that gets eaten. Right? Yeah, you get devoured. Right? But see, that's what people do. Things get rough and they go off by themselves. Well, get ready to get eaten. 
right? Stay in the pack. In the pack, you have a better chance of survival. Amen? God brought us together so we all have a better chance at survival. Now, thank goodness there's no lions or bears or hyenas chasing us down, right? But we do have an adversary that wants to isolate us and get us on our own so he can see us fail. And God's plan for us is to stay together in community so that we don't have to fight those things on our own. And then, I love this, and I think this is why this piece of scripture spoke to me more than anything. In, in, in uh, verse 25, but he said to them, where is your faith? And they, the disciples, were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. You know what? They together had an encounter with Jesus that forever transformed their life. And it didn't happen while they were by themselves. It happened when they were together in the boat. I love it. You know what? Some of the greatest revelations you're ever going to have in life can happen right here. Some of the greatest things that you're going to experience in life, it's going to happen in the context of communities. Some of the greatest God encounters you're ever going to have is going to happen in community. And that's what we see here. They have this incredible encounter. How many of you think when they got to the other side, they were viewing Jesus different than they got when they first got in the boat? All right? Your time in community should cause you to see Jesus different than when you got in the boat. Hello? And we're all in that boat together, and all of us are growing together, so we are all growing in our understanding and our revelation of who Jesus is together. And then finally, it says this in verse 27. And when he stepped out on the land, in other words, when they arrived on the other side, why did God pull the disciples together, put them in a boat, and take them to the other side in community? He did it because someone on the other side needed a miracle. Can I tell you that as we come together in community and then we step out on the other side, it's so that we can be somebody else's miracle. You're in community to have God experiences, encounters with Jesus, and to grow so that you can go be somebody else's miracle. See, God wants you to step out on the other side of our community to be a miracle for someone else. And then you get to have the privilege of pulling them into the community so that they can grow from each other and then go out step on the other side and be somebody else's miracle. See, God's plan has always been to pull us into community so that we can grow, we can mature, we can glean off of each other, we can become better versions of what we currently are, step deeper into the purposes of God so we can go out and be a miracle for someone else and then pull that person back into community so that they get to experience what we've experienced and then they get to go out and be somebody's miracle. See, we don't formulate and come together as a community just for us. 
we formulate and we come into community for a dying world. But that's next month's series, Hands and Feet. We're going to get all into that. You see, God's assembled us together so that we could be a miracle to someone else. Thank you for checking out today's podcast. If you would like any further information about River's Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.